you're in the dark and you want to see, you need a electricity, electricity. My administration is putting an end to the war on coal. Gonna have clean coal, really clean coal. Burning fuel and using steam, they generate electricity. This is Podgressive South. I'm Will Lockamy. I'm Heather Milam. All right, Heather, what are we chatting about today? A very important issue that affects uh, every single human being in the state of Alabama. What every single human being? Every single human being. I have no guesses. Okay, it's the Public Service Commission. Do you know what that is? Um, yeah, because you sent me some notes. But I will have to say, yeah. before this last election, it is not something that I had ever paid attention to. Most people don't know what the Public Service Commission is, but a lot of people haven't even heard that this commission exists. And according to the fantastic notes you put together, almost every state has one. All states do have a public service commission in some capacity. Break it down for us. Uh, Tell us about the public service commission and why it affects us all so greatly. Okay. So in 1915, the Alabama legislature created the public service commission to replace the state railroad commission. We will refer to the public service commission as the PSC moving forward, mostly. So five years later, the PSC's duties expanded to include the ever side of utility companies, monitoring and regulating what utility companies can charge customers. Responsibilities continued to grow throughout the 20th century to oversee gas, water, even communications and transportation for some time. The Public Service Commission, or the PSC, has three elected members who serve four-year terms. The Alabama PSC mission is this, to ensure a regulatory balance between regulated companies and consumers in order to provide consumers with safe, adequate, and reliable services at rates that are equitable and economical. This seems easy enough, but I do have lots of questions uh, to answer these questions, or at least to help us answer these questions. Let's bring our guest for today. Kari Powell joins us now. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you, Will and Heather. Kari, we met once before... And this is awkward because it was at a time when we were both very sad. It was the night of the midterm elections, oh. and I was—I'd uh, come to celebrate with you guys mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. at the big election night party, and it wasn't the celebration we hoped for. No, it was a huge bummer. It really was. It was mm-hmm. a huge bummer. But you were running for public service. Commission. I was place two. Place two. Yes, place um, one was Cara McClure. So tell me this: the people, the three members of the PSC. Do they have term limits, or can they serve as many terms as they'd like? As many terms as they'd like, as long as they get elected, yep. All right, right there. That seems like a problem. But anyway, whatever. (laughs) We'll get to that at some point. Tell us about you. How did you get to a place where you were running for this position? So I decided to jump into politics after my husband called me um, while I was doing my daughter's hair for show choir. (laughs) He was meeting with our pastor, Dave Barnhart of St. Junia United Methodist, um, And Dave told my husband there was a need for somebody to run as the Democrat for the Public Service Commission this year. Nobody had signed up on the day of qualifying. Um, So this was about noon on qualifying day, and we're in Birmingham. The deadline for qualifying. qualifying, Yeah, Yeah, the deadline. Um, It was a Friday. Mm -hmm. And it had to be... um, 
I had to be in Montgomery by five o'clock to file that day, <laughs> that were, same day. And yeah, there were a lot um, of people in Montgomery that day right, last year. Yeah. Well, I made the deadline by 40 minutes. Um, and that's with a toddler who was running around naked on my bed <laughs> as I was filling out all the forms online. And she was body slamming into my laptop, closing <laughs> my computer every few seconds. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how it all came to be. <laughs> See, I mean, real life. This yeah, is real life. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. yeah. The only thing crazier in that story is actually trying to run for office. That seems like a crazy <laughs> exactly. thing. Exactly. You know, I was exhilarated on the drive down and sure. on the way back from Montgomery. I was like, what have I done? I think a lot of candidates felt that way last year. It was just mm-hmm. such a, it was such an exciting year with so many passionate, vibrant, um, good qualified people who are running for the first time, which Mm -hmm. really energized a large group of people across the state. So now what is it about the Public Service Commission that you find, how do I I phrase this question? Because there are so many things that the Public Service Commission does. Mm -hmm. um, And I want you to run through some of this. A lot of it is very complicated. Mm -hmm. um, But start with one of the first things that you tackled when you became the Democratic nominee last year for place two of the Public Service Commission. It was the utility bills. Okay. Um, the thing that uh, has struck me, I've lived in Alabama for almost nine years now, and there's such a um, there's such a problem with poverty here. There's you know poverty everywhere, but in Alabama, it is so obvious. Um, when you drive in the rural areas of Alabama, you drive to the beach, you see um, dilapidated housing, and you see people living in this cycle of poverty that they cannot get out of. And one of those reasons is because their energy bills are so high. Um, Here in Alabama, we pay the second highest residential energy bills in the entire country. And that's because, um, you know, we use a lot of energy because it's warm here. But it's mainly because Alabama possesses the um, utility company that is the most profitable in the entire country. So Um, Alabama currently has the second highest utility bills in the country yes energy mm-hmm. yeah were you aware of all this Kari, before you decided to run or were you just like i need to run for something and then you decided on this and then realized like oh wait there are all these problems yeah the second thing mm-hmm. okay yeah, yeah it makes sense i mean that would have been the same for me exactly yeah and i was one of those people that didn't fully understand what the public service commission was before i filed for it which is kind of crazy that's pretty daring i but, mean for you to step into the ring so quickly and so fervently right as a mother um as someone who you know you were not born in alabama you're in some ways i guess a transplant you've been here for plenty of years i suspect mm-hmm. you call it your home yeah. but you know seeing the problems with an outside perspective i'm sure allows you to sort of grasp the reality of what we're dealing with here because a right. lot of people in alabama just simply you and I campaigned quite a bit across the state because you and I were both statewide candidates last year. A lot of people simply didn't know that Mm -hmm. they were, dare I say, being manipulated, being taken advantage of. I mean, that's how I, you're being had, you know, people outside of our state energy experts reference Alabama in their publishing This is um, one of the only states, if not the only state, where the Public Service Commission is not actively regulating the pricing. And that but is it's where right the there is. in the that's what it says. I can <laughs> making sure it's <laughs> that's in the economical. mission statement. <laughs> exactly. Well, the thing is, um, back in the 1980s, 
they moved from setting the rates how all the other states set them, which is through public interaction, formal public rate cases, where every three years, three to five years, they would bring the utility representatives in under oath. This would be a five-month-long process. They would dissect the rate formula, make sure that um, you know everything was fair, and either raise or decrease the rates. Well, we haven't done that since 1982. That's the last year that we had any form of public interaction in the rate setting for Alabama Power. Do we and, know how they set the rates? Well, they use a rate formula. It's called Rate RSE. Um, it stands for Rate Stabilization and Equalization. It's a constantly changing formula that allows Alabama Power to adjust their rates monthly, if needed, to um, hit a certain profit margin. And the problem is that that profit, which is measured in return on equity, has not been really changed since 1982, back when interest rates were super high and inflation was high. So Alabama Power... Were you even born in 1982? Stop. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was born that year. (laughs) That year? I am 37. I was two two at that point. Oh, okay. Right. 37. I I am 37 now, and that's how many years it's been since we've had um, meaningful public interaction in the rate-setting process. And all other states generally have that that public rate hearing every three to five years. Three to five years, it's been yeah. 37, I guess going on 38 years right. this year. Right. So they use this secretive formula, which is not available to you or I. Um, we cannot see this formula. We don't know what goes into the rate setting. It's like Milo sweet tea. Can't <laughs> find out. Or right. Or Secret. their special sauce. Yeah. Yes. Donuts. Spicy chicken. All right, go Yeah, ahead. but <laughs> these ingredients are not magical. <laughs> these um, ingredients are probably more like, you know, full-page ads in newspapers that we see. And my question is, why would a monopoly who has guaranteed customers, why would they need to advertise? Unless they're going to make money off of paying for that advertisement. I've always wondered that. I've always wondered, like, why in the world does Alabama Power spend so much money on advertising? Well, they're investor-owned, so they have to make a profit. But that profit, that ROE, last year in 2018, fell at 14.48%. And that is by far the highest in the U.S. So help our listeners understand what you meant when you just said that. So by falling, what, how, interpret that for our listeners, those okay. who are just sitting at home, writing out their check or paying their power right. this month. Okay, so um, the rate formula that the Public Service Commu- Commission uses to set the rates yields a higher profit for Alabama Power than any other investor-owned utility in the entire nation. The average utility in the U.S. right now, investor-owned utility, yields a 9.75, I think, return on equity. So here in Alabama, our biggest utility monopoly is is getting 14 point almost 5%. And if I'm building a home here, we record this podcast in uh, Birmingham in Jefferson County in the middle of the state. So say I'm building a new home and you know you you need utilities, you need access to water, you need access to gas and or electricity. Do I have a choice? Um, if you wanted to go completely off the grid and put solar panels on your house and you had an adequate ba- battery for you know times when um, there's cloud cover or at night, then 
feasibly you could do it. It would be very expensive, though. Um, it's not really attainable for most people right now. I think we're going to be doing a lot of what we already have, saying some negative things about our Public Service Commission. But I want to point this out. It's a necessity, right? Because of what we just talked about, because you don't have an option. You, If you're going to have gas, which you are, you have to go without a gas. If you're going to have power, you have to go without one power. Um, so we need the PSC to be able to control the stuff. The problem is they're just not at the, the way we think they should be. Exactly. And I'm confident that there are like public meetings that happen where the public can go to those. And I'm also confident our three representatives from the PSC show up to those and you can just talk to them there, right? Um, well, they don't always show up. What? <laughs> as Heather and I found, um, we went down to the December 11th meeting, which is their once yearly meeting regarding the rates that are set with Alabama Power. Um, it's called an informal rate hearing. And so people can come, they can observe. You, you listen to Alabama Power talk about why their rates need to go up this year. And in, our, in this case, it was about improving existing coal plants. So they spent a lot of money on improving those. And then now they're just telling us how much our rates are going to go up. And the public service commissioners were not all there. Only Twinkle Cavanaugh was there. Chip Beaker and Jeremy Oden were not in attendance, wow. which we found to be very odd. I know they're elected, but do they then just donate their time? Are they, are they getting paid for to show up to these meetings and to work for the PSC? Oh, yeah. Six figures. Six? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many times a year do they have to meet? They have to meet 12 times um, for their month. monthly meeting, and then there are those informal hearings that happen every once in a while. Um, there is another story that you told on the campaign trail, while you, because when you were campaigning, you were meeting a lot of um, your constituents, mm -hmm. and uh, you and your running mate, Cara McClure, mm -hmm. um, visited individuals in the Black Belt, and yeah. you have this wonderful, also sad story about right. a family living in a uh, manufactured home. Yeah, it was several families that we talked to. So I think we were in Marion, which is near um, near Selma. I think that's when we had um, these specific conversations. We, we had them in Uniontown and other places, but this is what, the one that stuck with me, it was, um, was in Marion. And we were talking to several people who lived, um, all of them lived in single wide trailers, somewhat dilapidated from what they were telling us. Many of them paid between 600 and a thousand dollars a month for their energy bills. What? And specifically in Marion, part of the, part of the people, um, who live in Marion, some of them pay Alabama power and some of them pay a co-op, an electric co-op, okay. which is not regulated by the PSC because it is not a for-profit utility. And the people who were paying the co-op their bills were much less than the people paying Alabama Power. Living in a rural place like that, you have um, higher rates. Your, high, your base rate is higher because you live much farther from, you know, on the grid, much mm -hmm. farther from the source of the generation, which is, you know, the power plant or the nuclear plant or whatever. And um, so it takes more to get the power out there. But, um, you know, we have this new technology, right? We have solar now. Solar is booming in places like, you know, Michigan and Ohio. Mississippi for the Mississippi. love of God. <laughs> well, Mississippi is sunny, but I'm talking about like cloud cover states or places that get a lot of snow and the solar panels get covered. Wisconsin, Minnesota, booming. Um, Oregon, booming. Alabama, we are number 49 for solar 
policy. We have no um, net metering law where you can um, sell your excess energy back to the grid. We have no tax incentives. We have no um, renewable portfolio standards where the utility is mandated to have a certain percentage of their um, electricity come from solar. So all of that combined makes us 49 for policy when we have the eighth best potential. Remember when Ruben Studdard uh, would wear the 205 shirts on American Idol? Yeah. yeah. I think maybe we should make 49 shirts and just start wearing them <laughs> until, until we can actually yeah. get people paying attention. Yeah. Because it seems like that's our stat. Uh, Common Core, we talked about last week. Well, yeah. What do we do? 49th. Yeah, 49th. Right. It just seems yeah. like that continues to come up. I think what's important when understanding who our elected officials are What's very, very important is understanding where their campaign financing comes from, because there's an enormous amount of influence. And what we learned, I was shocked to learn when I uh, qualified to run for office, and you probably did too, there is no limit to what individuals can give to a candidate in the state of Alabama. Yeah, and Corey, I've seen you accuse uh, the PSC commissioners, you say they're backed by big coal. Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's a thing. You mean by their campaigns are backed by big coal? Yes. And why Um, is that a problem for those who are trying to make the connection? I mean, this is a real problem. It's a problem because because right now, solar is about half the cost of coal. What? To generate per megawatt of energy generated. Okay. So we've got a technology that is completely clean that uses the sun, which is out almost every day in Alabama, to generate electricity, which is half the cost of a coal-burning power plant. But we continue to burn coal here in Alabama to generate electricity. For example, 20 miles northwest of Birmingham, there is a plant called Miller Steam Plant. That plant in 2017 was the number one greenhouse gas emitter in the U.S. Just north of Birmingham. Climate scientists have recently given us 12 years to turn this ship around. And the U.S. is historically the number one contributor to global climate change as far as um, greenhouse gases go. So we could shut that down, put in some utility-scale solar, and be polluting the earth that much less. I was confident, Gary, that you were going to say, they've given us 12 years to turn this shit around. She did ask because she could like have some yeah. on the podcast. Well, I'm like, well, like, oh, you well, I was thinking, I was like, oh, we get to use a bleep button for the first time. <laughs> oh, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so now let's talk about coal jobs because here in the state of Alabama, yeah. we do have mining and it employs a lot of people. Right. So talk about where does the coal come from that we burn here in Alabama and the coal that is mined here? Are we using this coal mm-hmm. to power our homes or how does this all work? Right. So the president of the Public Service Commission, Twinkle Kavanaugh, would like to have you believe that we mine the coal here in Alabama, we stick it on a train, the train goes to the power plant, we burn that coal, and we generate electricity, and it's all happy and wonderful. But that's not how it works. Um, here in Alabama, we mine a, a higher quality coal than you would burn in a, in a facility like that. We we mine um, metallurgical coal. Metallurgical coal. That is a tough <laughs> it's a hard word, word to say. <laughs> um, but that coal gets shipped off to primarily China to be used in steel oh. fabrication. Oh. Yeah. So the coal that we burn here in state comes primarily from Wyoming, Illinois, and Columbia, South America, where, you know, Drummond has a big 
operating facility in um, a mining facility down in Colombia. So, so if we're making a political connection, right, <laughs> the company that not only mines coal here in the state of Alabama, but also owns the mining in those far off areas that we import mm-hmm. coal from to burn here is giving money to one of our public service commissioners. Absolutely. For all, all three of them. All three of them. Mm-hmm. Yes, Drummond Company does that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got to say it like it is, right? Like, we have to be open and honest and talk about what the real problems are. And so a company based here in Alabama who owns facilities in those states and in that other country is controlling the importing and exporting of coal in our state. And they are funding the Public Service Commission, which has probably the number one impact on their profits. I've never understood this argument about we have to, have to, have to keep coal. I do understand feeling for people that work in the coal industry. And I'm not talking about the big bosses. I'm talking about the people that are actually under the ground and mm-hmm. in the ground working. I totally feel for them. And also, I like some states are putting in programs to teach them like STEM right. education right. because they know that's where we're moving as a society. And why stop progression and stop mm-hmm. clean energy? It makes right. no sense to me. Well, I have a, a kind of crazy story about that. I um, got picked up by an Uber driver about a year before I qualified to run for office. And he picked me up in a F-150. And I was like, why are you driving Uber in an F-150? Like, usually people pull up in a Prius or something. And he said, you know, I am a coal miner from Alabama. And I grew up, you know, I'm like a third or fourth generation coal miner. And I saw the writing on the wall. Like, all this, you know, pollution stuff, yes, definitely. But coal is running out. Like we're not going to have coal forever. Once it's gone, it's gone. So I took myself to the Pacific Northwest on my own dollar to get trained in solar installation. He's like, I did not fit in in Oregon. (laughs) So I came back to Alabama to start work in my new career and there were no jobs in solar installation. So now I'm driving Uber in my pickup truck. Wow. Wow. Right? Yeah. Wow. Kari, in a back and forth on Facebook, well, really, it was a fourth. You were just going to add him. I never saw a response. You mentioned to Chip Beaker that there were hundreds of fish that are contaminated in our state because of these plants that we're talking about. Right. Um, Probably mainly because of those plants. Um, We just had a fish die-off happen. In the Black Warrior River. Yeah. So what happens is these um, coal facilities burn the coal and ash from that, um, from the burning of the coal gets collected in ponds that abut riverways and waterways. The ash leaches into those waterways and the ash contains mercury and lead and arsenic and all this bad stuff. And yeah, it contaminates our fish. It contaminates our drinking water. It contaminates the soil that we grow our crops in. I mean, it is a very big problem. And we, by the way, as a state have one of the most diverse fish populations in the country. In fact, just the Cobb River alone has more species of fish in it than the entire state of California. Yeah, right, which is we're crazy. number we're number right. one for freshwater biodiversity. We're number one. Yay. We're number one for right. something, right, but I'm you gonna, can't eat those fish. I'm going to make nope. a shirt with a number one on it. Yes, <laughs> you should. Yeah, for fish. <laughs> we do have an, a remarkably uh, ecodiverse state, one of the most in the entire uh, continental U.S. And uh, yeah, that shows you how precious our land and our water and our food sources are. Right. 
Kari, this has been enlightening, if not entertaining, at the same time. Yeah. Thanks I'm for glad I could here. deliver. Yeah, yeah, and I actually miss you. We spent a I lot know, of time together last too. year. Yeah, even an occasional hotel room, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Truly. I mean, we were all over the yeah. state. I, Alabama is so beautiful, and the people here are so wonderful. And mm-hmm. really, I think running for office, and you may agree, may not agree, but it was one of the most rewarding experiences of my entire life. Truly. Oh, for sure. For and, sure. Well, I hope you run again. I think you would be an outstanding I hope you run public again. service. Thanks. Will, I think you should run. Yeah. You should Listen, run, Will. First of all, guys, uh, if you had some big coal backers, you wouldn't have to share hotel rooms. Uh, One. Uh, <laughs> that's true. To, I do want to say this. Here's the thing. I will not ever run for office. It's not something I don't have it in me. I don't have the guts to do it. Um, I've told Heather this many, many times about how proud I was of her and I've said about you and, and really met Felicia and the, the list, Danner, the list goes on and on and on of people, especially that ran in these last midterms. I thank you. I think it's very important for the state and it's not something that I have the guts to do. So I can sit here behind this microphone and kind of talk about it, but that that's as far as I feel like I can go. So thank you very much. That's okay that you don't want to run for office, but... I think that people who do have it in them, who do kind of have a little bit of that urge and know that there's a problem that needs to be fixed, we need a lot more of that. We need people running for office who want to fix problems. We have too much of the people running for office because they want power. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's Alabama's biggest problem in the political scene is we don't have enough people running just because they want to fix a problem. Thanks, Kari. Yeah, thank you. All right, Heather, it's time for the non-news story of the week. Uh, Here it is. So, hey, I'm going to The Onion, right? Which I know that that is actually (laughs) non-news. It's it's fake news. It's the best. Don't use fake news. That gives me like... Oh, but it's actual. No, no, it's actually. That's actually what it is. It's it's made up satirical news, and it's the best. I do a morning show, you know, in Birmingham, and I have to read the news every morning, and I always throw in at the end an Onion article just for levity, just to give it some like, hey, can't we just like joke around a little bit? Either way, here you go. They hit on something. It is our non-news story. It says, Tucker Carlson challenges Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to a date. All right, here's the point of this. <laughs> we just went to the website for the channel that he is on, and they have her all over it. Yeah. It's what, why the obsession? It's that she should not be the top news story. No, I mean, look, she is a member of Congress. That is great. Thank you for your service. She is one of 435 members. I saw a tweet that said, stop allowing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to be living rent-free in your head. (laughs) This is, stop obsessing over her. Again, one of 435 members. If you like her, great. That's wonderful. But this obsession, you have to ask yourself, why are they so obsessed with her? She's outspoken. There's no question about that. And she has lots of ideas that she's throwing out there. And she's out front. But boy, you just shouldn't pay so much attention to one person. I don't think that's healthy. So I guess that, you know, the obsession with her and the complete hyper-focus on this member of Congress seems to be uh, unnecessary, which is why it's the non-news story of the week. Hey, that was a good one. We learned a lot. And thanks, by the way, we forgot to mention this. Thanks to Kari Powell. She did our artwork for the front of the podcast. So that uh, neat little map thing with the green and black and Podgressive South, that's all Kari. She did that. Thanks, Kari. Thanks, Kari. Most people don't know that she's a very talented graphic designer, and she is indeed. I didn't know it. (laughs) Until she provided the artwork. Good job, Kari. (laughs) 